Tea Pop Season 5, Episode 4. Hello and welcome to Tea Pop, the mini podcast for busy teachers. My name is Laura and joining me today to talk about teaching beginner level learners is Julie Chun. Julie works as a quality assurance specialist at Education First, where she's responsible for evaluating the quality of teaching services. Since starting her career in education in 2011, Julie has worked in a variety of roles, from academic manager to teaching all age groups online and face-to-face. In her teaching career, she has especially enjoyed working with beginner-level students and helping them succeed on their learning journeys. Hi, Julie. Thanks for your time and welcome to the show. Thank you, Laura, for inviting me. In today's episode, we're going to talk about key areas to keep in mind when teaching beginner level language learners, as well as reflect on what we can do to support them. As with many TESOL POP episodes, today's topic extends beyond the English language classroom, as the tips shared today can be adapted and applied to other language classrooms or even subjects. Julie, when I suggested teaching beginners as a topic for the podcast, your eyes lit up. What excites you about working with beginner level learners especially? Well, that's basically what I do as a teacher, teaching beginners. As a bilingual English teacher here in China, most of my students are beginner adults. Um, that is never something challenging for me. So I'm glad to know that my experience might help other teachers. Being a beginner of anything can be scary, whether you're learning a language or a new skill at work. How does this influence how you work with beginner learners? Well, I think um, first thing is to understand why learners might feel anxious as beginners. Uh, I I think they tend to have a lower confidence level. Um, And, you know, the less confidence they are, the slower their language learning develops. So as a teacher... I'm aware of that because it's the same for me as a beginner when I learn new skills. Another thing that I can think of is related to social culture in Asia. So it happens to both Chinese adults and young learners, as my experience tells me. So for adults, they might be afraid of losing face if they make mistakes in front of a group or even in one-on-one lesson with their teachers. I remember that in my class, when my students seemed hesitant, I explain then, um, ask them, do you understand now? They sometimes say, oh, teacher, I know, I know, which actually they don't. They're just saying that because they don't want to, you know, lose face. Um, And for kids, our education culture sets a clear line between right and wrong. And they're encouraged to get as many right answers as possible. You mentioned their confidence being a key part and something we really need to pay attention to as teachers when working with beginner level learners, particularly adults as well. What do you do to help build students' confidence? What have you found has worked? When helping beginner level learners build confidence, I often hear people saying, it's okay, you get better with more practice. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. I mean, they're true, but if I were the learner myself, I just won't feel suddenly relaxed or confident So I believe confidence should be built in steps. There are some things that I do um, and I'd like to share. So one thing, I try to praise them with details when they do something good. I'd say something like, Tom, you pronounce this word much better this time. Or Lily, I can tell that you have spent extra time getting ready for this lesson. That's a very good habit because it helps you focus on where you can improve. 
So I praise them for the efforts they have made, which is more specific and genuine. And it works better than just giving general praises like "well done," "great job." And that leads to the second point I want to make. So beginners normally need more guidance from teachers to develop their study skills and autonomy. When we praise them, if we praise something they do, like preparing for every lesson, coming to the class with questions, taking notes in the lesson, and referring to the notes to see where they should improve、um, after class, they will continue this behavior. They will gradually gain confidence in developing their individual learning system. And eventually, they will take the lead in their study, which I think is very important. So、um, the third point I want to make is when I hear my students saying, "My English is poor, teacher. I just don't see progress." I usually switch my focus from the language to listening to them, understanding what they say and how they feel, and sharing my own story with them. So one story I often share is a language lesson where I was a learner. So I had this Polish lesson as a teacher training by、uh, my company. My Polish colleague gave us a forty-five minutes lesson. She taught us just four to six words in Polish, like water, ice, and some simple expressions like "Can I have the water?" "Thanks," etc. She was a great teacher, and we had an engaging lesson. But by the end of it, I was still struggling to complete the role play. So I shared this story with my students. And tell them it's the same for everyone to learn a new language. I tell them that I'm your English teacher just because I study English for many years, and you can be my teacher in things you're good at. And that sentence works every time. I can see my students smiling and nodding heads because that's a fact. Every learner has their expertise in different areas, and more importantly, if we bring these into the classroom. They not only have more to talk about and share with others, but they also feel valued. You've unpacked some really great strategies there on how to build students' confidence and equip them with study systems, like you said, and to create a relaxed learning environment. The other area I think that comes to mind when we think about beginners is the limited language that you can use to teach them. So. What can we do then to support learners' understanding when we're presenting new language or、uh, praising them specifically on things they've done well to help them understand? Well, maybe because English is my second language, I completely fail the students how difficult it is to understand people when they use language that is about my current level. So I would be careful to grade my language in class. I would use vocabulary that fits the student's level, and I would give short, simple instructions. And I also make sure I don't talk over the students. I think having teacher talk time doesn't only reduce the student talking time, but also confuses them about what they are expected to do. And sometimes I use classroom tools to support understanding. So, for example, when pairing students for role play tasks. I use the pen tool to write down their names and the roles so they can refer to, and camera can be a good help too in online context. Teachers can use their facial expressions and body gestures、um, as a supplement to verbal communication. My own experience tells me that sometimes the students are silent not because they don't know what to say, but are working on organizing their ideas. They just need a bit more time for that process. So if I allow silence at that point, they may surprise me. 
when you mentioned allowing that thinking time, I thought about those moments in class where we pair students to think and discuss and how particularly when you're working with lower level students, they're going to potentially slip into using other languages that they may have a higher level of in order to communicate and work on that task. And that could be quite scary for teachers because you may not be able to feel like you have control of the class in those moments. What's your thoughts on this for you know, pairing students and them using other languages other than the language that they're studying for those moments? Well, in my opinion, I think it's more important to allow student to student interaction than just allow student to teacher interaction. Because when students talk to each other, they are building connections. I think, you know, especially true for adult learners, they live in a society They learn language so they can use language to solve real tasks in their real life. And um, it's fine if they're using multiple language, using their L1 to communicate, because that's how they build on their pre-existing language and they have a deeper understanding of the target language. And for me, I think it's really meaningful. I think the third and final point is about production and of course, you mentioned confidence, you mentioned supporting learners' understanding. So when we think about production, students can be reluctant to have a go or have the confidence to use the language, whether it's in speaking or writing. How do you support beginner learners so they can have a go at producing language? Well, if it's a one-on-one live class, I will demonstrate the task to the students when they're hesitant. If a group lesson, I tend to nominate the stronger students to model tasks first as a way to demonstrate for the quieter students. Well, if it's uh, for a role play, I encourage the active participant to lead the conversation so that every student is given chance to develop at their own level. And um, the lower level students have opportunities to check their understanding before they have a go. In asynchronous activities like a writing practice, I will first check if they understand the requirements of the task. If they're just not confident enough, I might lower the level of the task, say from 100 word accounts to 60, or give them a beginning and let them continue. I can also provide students with examples or additional materials as uh, scaffolds. Those are really simple but really effective things that teachers are probably already doing, but can perhaps just spend a bit more time and slow down doing, like you mentioned, modeling an example, providing scaffolding or sentence stems to support learners. I think those are really terrific practical things that teachers probably who are teaching beginners and maybe finding it challenging and the learners finding it challenging just may need to lean into those strategies just a bit more to help them uh, relax and succeed. Thanks so much, Julie, for sharing your experience and ideas today. It's been really lovely talking to you. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much for having me here. I listen to Tissot Pop a lot. It's such an honor to be part of it. Oh, that's such a lovely thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. If you'd like to get in touch with Julie, then I'm going to hyperlink her name to her LinkedIn profile on the website so you can ask further questions about her experience and expertise in teaching beginners. If you have a question or an idea to pitch for the podcast, then you can contact us via Instagram, Facebook or the website, tsolpop.com. 
Finally, if you love what we do at Teesop Pop, then you can support us by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts, by sharing episodes with your teaching community, or by even sponsoring our coffee break at ko forward slash Teesop Pop.